Welcome back to another episode of the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. Today, we are going to talk about one of my favorite flowers to grow, zinnias. And I will be honest, I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with them because they take forever to harvest compared to other flowers. I don't know why. I think you just have to cut them so low. You have to test them out. You can't just look at them and see if they're ready to harvest. You have to actually feel them and wiggle them back and forth a little bit. And so they they just take longer, but they are such a workhorse. Like I will go to a stem bar. Maybe it's one at my farm or it's, you know, when I do them at breweries and I will bring 15 buckets of flowers and three of those buckets are going to be zinnias because I want every single bouquet to have two to four zinnias in them because they just add so much volume. If you were here for the episode where I talked about my bouquet making recipe and I said you need some discs or circles, you know, just a shape to fill stuff out, add more volume, that's that's where zinnias come into play. There are certain varieties that are showstoppers because they're just huge and that's, you know, your focal flower and they just add so much. So I, I love them, but like I said, harvesting takes a little while, so that's annoying, but I just love them. And so, and I think most flower farmers will agree that, yep, they are just a huge workhorse. A little bit about them, they are obviously an annual, not obvious, not obviously, there's a lot of perennials that I grow, but um, they are an annual. You can start them inside on trays. Holy crap, it is it is April 11th inside my house in Minnesota and I just squashed a mosquito on my forehead. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> anyway, that was great. So zinnias, you can grow them in seed trays and transplant them out. But honestly, I feel like I only get an extra week or two and it just takes a lot of work to start them in trays, transplant them. I'd rather just pop the seeds directly in the ground. So I do nine inch spacing and I usually put two seeds in every hole. They're pretty big seeds. Actually, I will let my five-year-old Vidalia plant them because she does a pretty good job of it. You plant them an inch deep, cover them up, and that's all you have to do. They just, they pop up. It's great. So I think direct seeding them to save time. If you if you live in a climate that's different than mine, but for me, like I don't need them mid-June. I don't really need them till the 4th of July or a little bit afterward. They cannot tolerate a frost. They are not cold hardy. So you have to wait until after last frost to plant them. However, I think last year I planted them on May 10th because it takes a good three, four days until the seeds pop up above ground. And so, you know, I think, yeah, May 10th last year, I saw that it was going to get down to like 30. So I planted them that day knowing that the soil was warm, even though it was going to get down to 30 degrees that day, because in the 10 day forecast, there was nothing below 35 at night or 36. I mean, that was just the following night that I knew it was going to be warmer. And then after that, I think it was above 40. So I was like, all right, May 10th, we're going for it. Yeah. So then you pop them in the ground. A couple years ago, I planted them that May 10th because there was nothing below 40 degrees in the 10-day forecast. And then all of a sudden, Memorial Weekend, it was going to get down to like 28. And so I actually took an overhead sprinkler and I had it going all night. I think I turned it on at midnight so that the water was going back and forth. And then that literally just warms up the air temperature just enough, those couple degrees that they didn't freeze. So my basil, my zinnias, all of them survived. My amaranth, I did not put it on the snapdragons because they're cold hardy. That was year two of growing. So that's when I was like, 
I think that was maybe six months after my husband had passed away and I was seven months pregnant or whatever, however many that be. So that was Memorial weekend. He passed away that December. And so it was just like living on a prayer and growing flowers as therapy and they didn't die. So that was cool. Um, but yeah, zinnias cannot tolerate a frost. So you're going to drop them in the ground as seeds when they start coming up and then give them about three weeks when they're about 18 inches tall and they've got two sets of true leaves on them. So there's the stem. Then there's the first couple leaves of every plant that like, yeah, these are fake. They're not real leaves. And then the next set of leaves, they're significantly bigger. And then they'll have another set. So above that first set of true leaves, you're literally, you pinch them. And so you just snap it off, break them off, and then it will cause it to branch. So on my website, sunnymarymeadow.com slash podcast, click on this episode. You're going to go to the zinnia episode and I will put a picture of what it looks like when one is pinched and one is not pinched, but you're literally going to get twice the amount of flowers if you pinch them. So zinnias are a plant that it's cut and come again. The more you cut them, the more they produce um, because it's the plant's job to go to seed and create another plant. Well, if you cut the stem low, if you cut off the flower, it's going to oh, that didn't work. We need to make another flower. So it's going to make another branch, another stem to produce another flower to try to pollinate, turn to seed, go happy, be married and go forth and multiply. So then they just kind of get tired though, as the season goes on. So I will succession plant them. I'm going to, you know, plant another round of them like June 1st and then probably another round June 15th. In theory, it'll probably be more like, you know, May 15th is the first round. And then wherever my stock were, some cooler flowers that are done blooming toward the end of June, I'll probably just plant some zinnias where they were just to get those blooming and enjoy those the end of August, most of September. They don't need staking. They do okay. I, like I said, plant them, put the holes nine inches apart. I'll put two seeds in the ground. For the most part, I thin them out, but sometimes I just leave them because if they're competing with each other, they grow upward. And it seems like no matter what I end up doing, they're going to get this powdery mildew on them where the leaves turn these like blackish spots. And it's like the zinnias get those every year, no matter what. And my recommendation is it's just the way it is because you're going to remove those stems to go into the vase anyway. I know every single flower farmer has this problem. If it's in your landscaping, you're going to put them in the back of the in the back of your garden bed anyway. Like I said, you can transplant them, but I just direct seed them. Keep in mind that most of them that you buy from greenhouses are usually dwarf varieties. So they are genetically modified to be shorter. The first year that I was going to do a cut flower garden, I bought eight four packs. So 32 plants at, you know, $8 a piece. (laughs) So eight times eight, $64. And I was like, yeah, I bought these 32 plants of zinnias. And they were like six inch stems. (laughs) And I mean, they were meant for garden beds or pots is really what they were meant for. Or like borders of garden beds. And anyway, it was really funny. Luckily, I direct seeded about 50 plants. And so that was fine. But it was like, oh, that was a lesson learned here. I thought they were they were going to get me flowers sooner. And yeah, no, that was a that was a bust. When I talk about harvesting them, they are somewhat of a dirty flower. They they give off kind of a, not a slime, but they turn the water a little bit murky, similar to sunflowers. And so if zinnias are in there, that's why I tell my customers, change the water every day. I know that sucks, but change the water every day. That's just kind of what needs to be done. 
some growers will end up putting like a tiny bit of bleach in there actually into their water. I've, I've never done this. I don't know. So the water can get somewhat dirty, but it's, it's not going to kill the other flowers in the vase, like honeywort, for example. I found out the hard way last year, all my subscriptions died within like a day or two when I had honeywort in them and everyone reached out and I gave them a free bouquet and it was fine. But some flowers, you need to let them just sit for a while and don't recut the ends. Zinnias are not one of those, but they still will make the water a little bit murky. And so that's why you change out the water frequently. When you're going to harvest them, you're going to do what's called the wiggle test. So you take the plant probably 12 inches below where it's blooming and you just kind of shake it back and forth. And if it really flops side to side, it is not mature yet. It's not ready to be picked yet. It's just going to go to one side, but it's not going to look good. So you need to wait until it's fully opened. However, if the flower itself is starting to pollinate and you can tell when like the center part of it starts really just kind of spreading out and going to seed, that's going to be too far gone. So, you know, you got to find that sweet spot. But for the most part, you actually do get like a two day window with zinnias, which is really nice because some flowers you get like a two hour window. You know, again, that's it's a point for zinnias. It's not so bad. When you harvest them, they don't like to go in a cooler. They don't like my walk-in cooler. They don't like a fridge. So they, you know, usually I, I leave those in just like the air-conditioned room. And then I, I make the bouquets and I add the zinnias last. Or the zinnias are just like in the air-conditioned room once the bouquets are done. So yeah, that's a challenge because I would love for people to just pick up their bouquets from the walk-in cooler. But zinnias are such a workhorse for me and they make the bouquets look so nice and so full that I just can't imagine not having them. And they're fantastic for you picks. You know, when people come and the allure is being able to cut their own, pick their own colors that they like, stuff this big 32 ounce cup full of all the flowers they want. They're not as concerned if some of the zinnias are flopping over a little bit and not perfectly sticking up. Like they, they look like wildflowers. They're perfect. Nobody cares. They literally don't care what their flowers look like when they leave because they're having so much fun. It's about the experience, not the product. So I'm not so worried if people don't do the wiggle test. Whereas if people are buying it, the bouquets for the product and I'm making them as subscriptions, then yeah, I got to make sure that they're not going to flop over. So my three favorite varieties and really the only ones that I grow are Benary's Giant, Oklahoma salmon and queen lime. So Benary's giant comes in every single color. I used to buy mixes, but it was the leftovers. And so they'd be just like all the leftovers shoved into a packet and there'd be like purple, white, yellow, red, orange, you know, maybe some pinks, but nope, for the most part, it was like red, yellow, orange, white. Nope, nobody wants those. Nobody wants those in bouquets. They're hard to mix with other colors and just don't play well with others. So for all of these zinnias, I buy straight colors, not mixes. And the Benary's Giant, I will get those in like a dark purple, a lime green, and like a salmon or pink color. And they're they're big. They can be like five inches across when they're fully open and really only need a couple of those in a bouquet. And they just, they look beautiful. They're a focal flower. Oklahoma salmon are probably my favorite. So they make almost this like dome or, you know, cone kind of shape. And there's just a lot of layers to them, to the petals. They're they're like, you know, whereas the Benary's Giant is just this big kind of flat outer circle, whereas the Oklahoma Salmon create this dome shape. And I'm going to put a picture on my blog, sunnymarymeadow.com slash podcast. 
click on the zinnia episode but i'll put pictures of the oklahoma salmon but for the most part i get them in like the blush pink or the salmon color but oklahoma is the variety and then the last variety that i love that work really well i love them for their colors i wish the oklahoma salmon shape came in these colors but again someone needs to just like crossbreed them and it'll be perfect i'm sure in 10 years it'll exist but it's called queen lime and they come in you know one color is queen lime red and it's not red they're absolutely not red i don't grow red flowers because they don't mix well with others but they're almost this like blushy pink color with lime green I always post pictures of my mural and I'll put a picture on there, but Lindsay that painted my big mural, she did one of these lime, queen lime red colored zinnias, but they also come in like a really pretty blush pink. They come in almost a purplish green and then they come in like a straight lime green. But those are probably my favorite to mix with like different color amaranths or like deep purple status. And I, what I love about them is these queen lime, they can be so summery or they can be so fall and just really mix mix well with a lot of different colors so those are the three zinnias that I do Abby do you have any thoughts on zinnias Uh, I was today years old when I realized what a zinnia was and they are very pretty and I actually one of the first things when you google just zinnia on google images is actually the queen lime orange variety and it's it's gorgeous there's a lot of layers to that thing Mm -hmm. and yeah exactly and so right now there's a lot of breeding happening with zinnias There's a lot of, you know, like I said, zinnias are, you know, people think of like the garden center ones or the mixed seeds because they're cheap and they're easy to grow. So a lot of gardeners do them. I mean, people have been growing zinnias forever, but not a lot to be used in like weddings or like, you know, for florists to use or just event work or anything like that because the colors are so weird. I'm going to look up. I'm going to just search this. So Florette Farms, um, Aaron Benzican is like, the Joanna Gaines of flowers. <laughs> she has this new Zinderella series that she, and then Golden Hour is another one that she's been literally breeding these zinnias for years. And I'm just going to show you, and I'll, I'll put a episode link on there or a link to hers, but they're almost like oh fluffy gosh. in the middle, kind of like kind of like peonies actually but yeah this zinderella color they look look like dahlias yeah they look like dahlias and they come in so many different colors i i've heard a lot of skeptical like yeah they're pretty for weddings but they're not great for like subscriptions so for me growing for my own wedding right now right so i'm getting married october 6 2023 and the florist that I'm working with, because I'm not going to design all of my own flowers. Like I'm, I'm not doing my bouquets out that morning or my flowers. I'll be helping pick, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And I'm like, oh, start picking Tuesday already? Really? And she's like, Liz, we don't care about vase life. We need them to look nice on Friday. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe we could donate the flowers when we're done. And she's like, they'll be dead by Sunday, Monday. I'm like, oh, okay. Whereas I'm used to like picking them and then immediately they are fresh. And like, that's, I want people to enjoy them in their home. Whereas event work, is a whole different ball game. It's you enjoy it for to, six hours. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And then and then they're done. So I think I think that's what these these new zinnias and the, there's a lot of like more 
blushy colors, pink colors. I think there's one she calls like mineral colors, maybe something like that. What am I thinking of? It's like, you know, she says precious metals, zinnias or something like that. I don't know. Clearly I haven't bought any of them, but um, there's going to be people that are listening that'll be like, don't you listen to her podcast or her blog? Like, no, I don't listen to zinnia breeding. Like that doesn't, it really doesn't interest me. Like I'm not going to do that. What she grows them for, like, like I said, for premium event work, like it's cool, but it's not going to work for me. And a lot of people that grew them, you know, last year or whatever, that if they could get their hands on the seeds, they just, they don't work. However, so like I'm showing Abby a picture now, there's a lot of blush colored or really pale colored pinks with like darker centers. Neutrals is the way I would describe that. Yeah. And so compared to what the traditional zinnia looks like. And so I, I think there's a lot of room to be worked on with vase life and all of that with zinnias. And so it's, it's very exciting to see what's happening in the world of zinnias. It's a <laughs> they're, lot they're more... not, not your grandma's flowers anymore. They're really it not. This almost yeah. feels like there could be a TLC show mm-hmm. about this, like oh, crossbreeding yeah. them and oh, the zinnia yeah. market. Oh yeah. Well, and they don't ship super well because they can get so bent up if you bunch them all together. So I think, you know, there's this whole movement on, you know, locally grown flowers and, you know, obviously I, I, I'm doing it. So obviously I think there's huge perks to doing it, but that's, that's one of the reasons why zinnias or cosmos or dahlias, they don't ship well and florists can't get them. So people are all of a sudden like, whoa, what is a, what is a, you know, what's this or what's that? And, you know, it's... Yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting to see what the zinnia world is going to look like. Thanks for listening to the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Liz. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and rate us. You can find us on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook at Sunny Mary Meadow. Subscribe to our email newsletter at sunnymarymeadow.com. And if you have questions or comments or anything to say, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at sunnymarymeadow.com. Flowers, flowers, we love flowers. Sunny Mary Meadow, they smell so good. SunnyMaryMeadow.com